0: This is the Draft Season Podcast. We are back on a Sunday snowy afternoon out here in New York City as young Raz coming live from where I often do, Queens, New York. I'm with Sean 5K. Talk to him real quick.
1: We in the building, man. Definitely on a, on a jam-packed Sunday. A lot of things going on. NBA basketball, bracketology, March Madness starting up this week. Raz, I, I mean, hot take. I, I, I tweeted out an unpopular opinion the other day. Let me know what you think about this because I, I prefer you know what I'm saying? The the week of you know conference championship week to like that first weekend of, of March Madness. Like just in terms of like the games we're getting, and I like I I, I know it doesn't compare, but like just the just the, the rivalries you're getting between like um two guys, teams in the same conference. You know, I think the basketball, you're getting really good high-level basketball during conference tournament week as well. That's just but I don't know, you can get to that in a second. Um yeah. but yeah, joining us, joining us in a second. We do have friend of this show. Um, you know I'm saying, Jackson Lloyd on the show. Um, definitely check out his pod NBA action with Jackson on Rise Network. Jackson, man, we was we had um we <laughs> I know last time we recorded as well. I told him, man, the pre-shows and the post shows we do are also magnificent content that I wish people could hear. Um, but but either way, how you doing
2: today, bro? I'm doing well, just relaxing, per usual, don't have too much to do and just excited to kick back and watch these games. Finish up some things I've been working on.
1: Yeah, man. Nah, like like you said, it's a lot, lot of stuff going on. So, um, the theme of the show is we're definitely going to be spotlighting the the most underrated players in the league this year. Um, so I think just in terms of, um, I feel like it's a good, you know, place to start this conversation. You know, just about criteria and everybody's criteria for for underrated, um, is is different now i think there is a there's a production aspect of it of what you are doing on the court um also we spoke about this in the past you can't really take away what guys are doing on the court even if you're not a huge fan of them um that that proves in the pudding sometimes and you kind of just can't take that away from guys um there's also another element of you know public perception and how um whether it's the you know the <laughs> the echo chamber of nba twitter and and the analysts you know and how they speak about guys um sometimes you know, when one guy's low on somebody, it usually, so a lot of other people just regurgitating that same takes. So that's another thing um, that goes into it. And, you know, just, just in terms of how people see that player. So, I mean, for you, at least Raz, where would you, what, what do you make of that to where, when we get to this list? Um, and your criteria, like what what did you when when you were think when you're putting together your list, um, and then Jackson would get you in there afterwards. Uh, what was your criteria for just underrated, and what were you valuing?
0: Um. So first and foremost, obviously you go eye test, right? Like there's there's certain people that that are gonna play on the court that don't get the same highlights as some of these stars, but their eye, you know, just the eye test and, and the overall value that to provide on the floor is, is something I look for. And then what they mean to their team, I think that's also something I, I like to look for. Like, what does this player mean to this specific system? Now, that can also come, come into some of the discourse where it's like, are they just fit well in that system or are they really underrated? So, like, sometimes you have to get in and get into those optics and kind of bleed through there. So, I look into the system fit, how they fit into that system, how the fans of those teams also feel about them, and then, obviously, overall look and feel of how they they perform on the court.
2: How about you, Jackson? So... I really can't put into words how I did it. It almost felt instinctive, so to speak, because I don't know how to parse through uh, underrated necessarily. To where like the like the common fan will probably be more lenient towards like viewing star players as top of the line, and then it goes into like social status and marketing, and who's the most like enjoyable to watch versus. Like you said, on Twitter or analysts in general, it's kind of the same handful of players getting regurgitated. And I don't know, in my head, I just kind of weighed that however I weigh it. But for my list, I selected a kind of wide range of players because you can call a player underrated, you can call them overrated, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're good or bad. So I tried to hit on a a wider range of players, like through the five players. Plus I threw a couple other like... uh Honorable mentions for players that I debated, but yeah, that's basically how I went through the process.
1: Yeah, same, same here. I I, for for my list at least, I tried to stay away from like the obvious all stars and the perennial all star guys. Like Mm -hmm. Raz, we can talk about. I still think Jokic is underrated.
2: (laughs) Oh, you're gonna hate one of my one of mine on the list. They're a clear cut all star. No, it's
1: fine. I think that was just how i was seeing because i feel like like even even i think when you talk about like all-stars and like sub all-star level guys it is it is a, a pretty fine line between the value i know jackson is something i i said last time um, just in terms of it, you know, when everybody says that you're overrated, you're probably a little underrated. As soon as everybody says that you're overrated, you're probably a little underrated about what you bring to the court. Um, and that that really is a, a big part of it. So um, shout out to the homie Paulie Pockets in the chat. He did say Shay on this list somewhere. So um, real quick in the room, um, do you guys think Shay? Gillius Alexander is underrated. Cause I think he's probably properly rated for me personally. He's not on yeah. my list. I love Shay. I, th- I don't, I don't um, I think his situation has um he's he's not in a in a winning situation right now to where um you know I think obviously OKC's not trying to win right now. Um the fit with Giddy is something to be super um excited about going forward. And I think we've also seen him on winning teams that CP3. Dennis uh, the Schroeder team in OKC, um, his second year in the league in his rookie year, um, that Clippers team as well. To where we've seen him contribute to winning basketball. Um, he's a he's basically a, a wing-sized point guard who can do it all. So it's a, it's a pretty good aspect for him. So where you guys stand at on on Shea?
0: I mean, for me, he's properly rated. I think obviously health is always a concern with him. Um, You know, as soon as he gets it rolling, he tends to to pop up with some injury that has him on the shelf for a bit. Um, So it's like to the point where it's like, "Ah, I need to see a full season of it before I can even call the man underrated because, you know, that again, it comes down to the value as well. And like you said, he's on a bad situation. He's putting up some great numbers, but that team isn't, you know, looking to win right now. So I, I would love to see him in a different situation other than that one year with Chris Paul.
2: My timeline is kind of SGA slanted. I see a lot of people. He's always being compared to Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, and Brennan Ingram, kind of those guys. So I would say he's properly rated Uh, through the lens of like the common fan. I don't think they're paying that much mind to him, which is kind of unfortunate. Obviously he's a really good player. I think he'll be a multi-time all-star. As you said, Sean, he fits in good on the winning teams his rookie year. And then that second year with OKC in the bubble, they made the playoffs. So I don't know. To be honest, I I could see when people say like, oh, he's so underappreciated, underrated. But just the way that I'm looking at it, I think that most people would kind of slot him in as a guy who's either all-star caliber or just below that. And then once the team success follows, just given the nature of how many good players they are, it's going to gravitate to the winning teams, getting those all-star nods. Like for example, uh, actually I'm blanking off the top of my head, but like this year, Chris Middleton made an all-star game and like, he's that guy. He's always playing like his game, pull up shooting tough buckets. He can do it in the playoffs. But when you're on a winning team, you're just going to be at the forefront of all-star voters minds, the forefront of coaches minds. They're always going to give the kind of tiebreaker to those types of players. So I think that once he's either in a winning situation or OKC starts winning, then kind of that perception will catch up with him and he'll get his due.
1: Yeah, Shay, Shay's future is, is super bright. Um, and yeah, like I said, this, these this things always come from just like your perspective and where you are, are at, um, just just optics-wise. So um, Jackson, for you, in terms of like, who did you have on your honorable mention just missed uh, part of it?
2: So two players that... I wanted to put on I actually thought of this first player when I was scrolling the timeline today and it's a player that I've kind of grown to defend a lot lately over the past maybe year and a half and that's Andre Drummond. He got a lot of flack last season for running all these dribble handoffs at Cleveland. But here's me thinking like Kevin loves not having a good season. It's really just Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, you know, coming along in his developmental phase. He got a lot of flack for how much he had the ball. I think that sometimes he has some kind of perplexing turnovers. And then especially at the rim, he misses so many layups that it's honestly confusing some of the shots he misses. And that kind of takes away from how good of an offensive rebounder he is. But I think that he's a guy who's he's either a clear cut starter, or one of the best backups in the league. And I think that how he went, how it went in Cleveland, how he flamed out in Los Angeles, signing a minimum deal in Philadelphia getting traded midseason. That's kind of a cocktail to people kind of undervaluing a player. So he was a guy on my list. And then also I kind of left this guy off because I didn't want it to be like a homer pick because I'm watching a ton of the Timberwolves, and that's Jalen Noel. Um, kind of in and out of the rotation at times this season. Going on to another hot stretch here, I think that he kind of embodies – Something interesting with the team where he's not the shooter that Malik Beasley is. He's not the complete player um, on both ends that Anthony Edwards is. But I do think that he is a better player than, say, Jordan McLaughlin. Now, there are times this season where they've opted for his ball security, decision making, just how he runs the offense, the tempo he plays with. But Jalen Noel, he's a guy on my list. I think that the Timberwolves should kind of be viewing him as maybe not a building block, but someone they should value and try and retain. So those are my honorable mentions.
1: It's not bad. I'm, I'm like I said. I've always been um, a, a drumming guy, uh, much to the dismay of NBA Twitter. Um,
0: But I, <laughs> w- w- where, where did you have any honorable mentions, Raz? Yeah, yeah. Um, one of my my favorite players that I feel um is kind of overshadowed by our, our good brother Jokic. Um, Will Barton. He's like one of my honorable mention guys because when when he's rolling, that team is is very dangerous. Um, he provides kind of that that off the dribble scoring and wing scoring and defense for them. And, you know, he's just a fun player to watch. And he's one of those guys that, you know, I've been like, ah, waiting for him to put it together fully. But he is what he is at this point. And you gotta kind of just be okay with saying sometimes a player is who they is, but I think he provides great value for that Nuggets team when they're fully, fully healthy.
1: Yeah, um I think, yeah, Will Barney, Will Barron is like He's he's a part of it, and I think um, I I guess I'll start with w- while we're on the Nuggets. Um, this is not on my honorable mention. He's on he's on my list, um, so I gotta I gotta show some love to the uh, the steady work God himself, man. Mate Morris, man. I think I think particularly with I like that. Yeah, partic- yeah. I think everybody with,
2: says the Nuggets are sixteen fakus, and then they have no good players. But no, he's it, a really it, good ball handler. He, can play. He, he, uh, off other great players I like him not to cut he's, you off sorry.
1: No, no no He it's, all, it's all okay he's perennially underrated even going back to what he did at Iowa State um, like he had four years of just you know consistent uh, you know production in an in a NBA-esque um, you know system you know and I think just in terms of I found something um, just looking you know researching for this episode today he's sixth in win shares from the 2017 draft class um, the only players in that draft class behind him are Jared Allen who's first <laughs> uh, Bam uh, Jason Tatum, John Collins, and Donovan Mitchell. So the guys that he is ahead of, um uh, Darren De'Aaron Fox, Kyle Kuzma, uh Laurie Marketing, Lonzo, Malik Monk, Isaac, uh Fultz. So that's just to tell you, like he's been a, a constant presence on that team. Um you talk about the we talk about the um just the chemistry that he has with Jokic. And yeah, like you said, um, it's real easy just to be like, I think Jokic is, like I said, we, we're going to get to this in the future, I suppose, um, about the MVP conversation. But, you know, Jokic is, is definitely putting himself in that conversation. And it's real easy just to discredit the supporting pieces in Denver right now. But, you know, Monte Morris is has just been a steadying a steadying presence for that team. Um, I think his passing is underrated. Just his decision, he's one of the best decision makers in that um in the in the league, I think, especially if you talk about um is he a starting point guard in the league? I think you can get away with Monte Morris starting. Um if you if the rest of your um if your two through fives are extremely talented um and you have Monte Morris, he's definitely gonna get the best out of the guys that you have. Um extremely efficient just in terms of um his shot making um and even his even his passing i think his passing um he can make every pass that he needs to make Um, just in terms of skip passes, bounces, bounce passes over the top. Um, Him and Jokic, um, I think one thing that he does incredibly, and I think it's a part of just the synergistic nature of that Denver team to where, um, you know, we talked about the Jamal Murray and and, um, and Jokic having all-time offensive ratings while they were on the floor together, and they haven't really lost much of that with Monte Morris on the floor. And a part of that, I think, just in terms of, like, you know, teaching any young point guard, and and um, I forgot. I think who was I, I was watching. I think it might have been Bill Raftery, um, in one of these games, just about the importance of like when you're making that pass, um, and and picking rolls or even ball screen actions, or just in general the importance of making a quick pass, um, and and that could be tough for, for certain point guards and or even wings sometimes, um, where they can you know have a delayed read, um, and especially in the NBA, um, just the, with the length and the athleticism, um, and how that goes. Windows and and lanes to the basket and clo- can close up extremely fast. All these guys, the the the, um, the great rim protectors, they only need um, one step to really recover. Um, and Monte Morris is always making that quick pass, getting the ball in his hands, um, making sure that the ball is like whizzing around. Um, so yeah, man, Monte Morris is my guy. Um, and I think he's definitely probably one. He's been probably one uh, underrated part of that team for sure. I would say.
2: Yeah for sure I definitely agree I think that he can play and start on really any team not to be hyperbole obviously he's probably never going to make an all-star team I don't think he'll ever make more than 20 million a year 22 million a year whatever it may be and his contract isn't too uh, loaded right now but you hit the nail on the head I think with the point about Murray and the synergistic nature of the team and how it relates to Morris I feel like Morris and Barton they have really good chemistry with Jokic and it doesn't always get um you know discussed that I think that they have a team that yes you know they're drawing blanks sometimes talent wise you know compared to maybe a Phoenix or a Golden State whoever it may be but they do have a assembled cast of guys that fit really well next to their MVP and Morris is one of those guys
1: so how about you, Raz? What uh, we can start with your, um, and like I said, we don't have to do five to one. Um, we could just like shoot. Yeah, just uh, shooting
0: them off. I just want one more point on Morris. It's like, like you know how we say on this show, like you know, steady work point guards is, is is just some somebody that you can plug and play on your team, and you know that the distribution of the rock, your offense is going to be ran the right way. He's going to play defense, and he's not going to be a negative on any side of the ball, and. Monte Morris fits that mold. There's a bunch of guys in the league that kind of have that kind of same steady work kind of kind of point guard mold, and it's just baffling to me that with all these point guards that are just running around freely, that the New York Knickerbockers can't get one. But the next, um, the next, the, the person, the person on my list, um, and I don't know, I don't, Josh Hart is somebody that I, I look at. And he, he does a bit of fucking T- Timing? Man. Timing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Timing.
1: Man, timing. Sean,
2: were just talking about him before just you talk got about here. Him, man. So, oh. yeah, I mean, you picked the great
1: timing to um coming off of a 44-point performance. Um, but yeah, not to I cut mean, you off, Razz. Go yeah, ahead. It's,
0: it's, it's bad. It is bad timing just because of the game or, you or have, great, Or
1: great timing. Or
0: it great depends time. on who you look at, right? Because it's like you're not ever looking at Josh Hart to score 44 points, but his shooting has improved incredibly since he's gotten to the league. He rebounds like a fucking power forward. Um, he plays defense well, and he can handle the ball a bit. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say you need you want him as your lead ball handler by any stretch of your imagination, but if you're in a pinch, he could do a bunch of things for you, and he can guard four positions. I think somebody like Josh Hart is – you would love to have a Swiss Army knife um, like that on your team, and it's just a shame to me that he keeps getting traded, um, you know, just bouncing around because, like, now he's on a team where I guess if they make some moves – in the offseason, they could, con- you know, be players in the Western Conference. Again, I don't think they'll be able to contend unless they really get somebody crazy. But it's just like Josh Hart fits a team that he could fit in any team. And I wish he was on better teams so that we could see his impact um, on like a championship caliber team.
1: Yeah, man, I think like like you said, Rez, I think even like um, just the the fit that he had in in LA Um, and he's one of those role players where like Josh Hart is, is not anybody. Like if you, if you followed, you know, college hoops, if you followed NBA, like you're familiar with the name Josh Hart. He had an extremely, um, you know, accomplished career at Villanova um, to where a lot of people know his name. And I think like we, we talk about this and like, I just that, just that Villanova factory and, and, you know, just Jay Wright, how he teaches the game of basketball is one of the, I think he's one of the more underrated coaches in in college basketball for sure. And I think just in like basketball in, in general, and I think just the way all those guys that come out of that program, you know, just end up being close to finished products and, and playing the game the right way. Um, I don't know what Portland is doing, um, but you know, like I think getting, getting a guy like Josh Hart, you know, theoretically in return for CJ McCollum, if they're building around um, Dame Lillard in the future and you have somebody like a, Anthony Simons, who honestly, I, he didn't make my list, but I, he he legitimately can make this list. Um, I think him being hurt probably like got him off my brain recently, but um, I know even like one of those last games that he played um, against the Wolves um, down the stretch, we had like nine games. He, he's turned himself into um, an incredible scorer. So um, no, this don't necessarily think they're going to be missing the scoring punch that CJ McCollum brought. Um, but a guy like Josh Hart, who um, I think in general, um, they've had that, you know, just revolving door in Portland of, of wings. <laughs> um, I think he's going to give them some stability and, you know, be able to to build out a nice, you know, base for, for um, you know, to build a, a solid defense around Dame. So um, for you at least though, Jackson, who was the next on your list that you have for underrated?
2: Um, well, we don't have to spend much time on this guy, but I just included DeLon Wright on my list just kind of, give him a nod because I feel like he's always one of those players like Raz said with Josh Hart. He's always either being traded or, you know, ending up on a new team some way, somehow. And I think that I've kind of accepted him as a guy who you don't want him to be your primary ball handler. You don't want him to be your starting point guard, but he can give you good minutes. Uh, Really, as a backup, too, I think that he just kind of stabilizes ball handling pretty good, driving the ball. And um, like I said. Having a pretty good season. Last year, he, I believe, he got traded to Sacramento. Obviously, that's going to escape many people's minds. And just kind of, he's always been a serviceable player. I remember back a few years ago with the Toronto Raptors, I was pretty disappointed when he was in the Valanchunas deal. And then he went from contending team to kind of team, biding their time in the lottery, tanking a bit, some would say. And I feel like he's, I included him on the list because he's just never really talked about in any way, shame, uh, form or fashion. But he's 29, still sticking in the league. I think that he has a few years left, and yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much more else in there I mean, to know.
1: I think he's like a perfect like third guard um, for for like your your rotation. Bring him off the bench. He can play next to any of the other you know, primary lead creators um, can space the floor for you. And like I said, just uh, just in terms of a point of attack defender, um, that's somebody to where um, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I think he has a couple. I think he's a free agent this summer. So I think even like if you need a backup point guard or backup guard um, that defensively, he could, he could um, and you don't have to break the bank for a guy like that. I think he's making $8 million this year, and I think his next contract will probably be less than that. So um, not a definitely, definitely, you know, un- unheralded, if we're talking about just unheralded players, I think he's definitely like on that list, and and very high up on that list. But um, how about you, Raz? Next, next on your underrated list.
0: All right. So before they got traded to to the Celtics, is somebody and for that that fucking price that they went for, you know, Derek. Um, Derek Wright is is somebody that. I'm. He's kind of a tweener in between what guard position he'll play. He could play both. I think he's probably better off as your two, but he's not. You know, kind of the the offensive threat sometimes you look for in in a two guard. But I think you know he's somebody that can get you twenty five and five on a nightly basis. Um, the role he's gonna play for Whoa, Boston, he play you know?
1: twenty five and five.
0: That's 20 a little,
1: points. That's a little, no, that's a little aggressive. That's a little it's, aggressive. Is 20. It for
0: Derek White? I don't know. Well, the 20, yeah,
1: 20 so. to 20. I'm a huge Derek White fan, know. but no, no, he's not. I he, I would, know, he, man. That's like, a great night. What? That's a great night from, from Derek White. I want I'm not even I think, disagreeing with you, but 20 is a little aggressive on on the points. 25 yeah, and five. That's the that's the, I think, that's the Tyree. I, think, Evans I, think, I No, yeah. Tyree, fuck, first
0: of all, fuck Tyree Evans. Second of all, back Derek, White. Derek you know, I think he, Derek he, White. Yeah, he will. Be. Hold on. I think he Derek was, on, I, I, think and, he was
1: on, I think he got suspended for lean or like some one of those controlled heroin substances. So, um, you know, uh, shout out to Tyree Evans. I hope he got his um act together. He's trying um, to come back. Yeah, I know he worked yeah. out for the Warriors recently, but um continue, right?
0: No, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying obviously that's what he's gonna give you every night. I think I think, you know, personally, if he's put in the right position, he has that type of ability. Um, I think you know, playing as the sixth or seventh man on Boston makes them a sneakily dangerous team with some of that bench. That adding that bench depth to him, and I think he's somebody in an expanded role because he's always next to a pretty dominant ball handler. It's ball handler, it seems. You know, Dejounte is somebody who you can't take the ball out of his hand, and and Derek White can kind of just plug in and play that complimentary role. And he's going to have to do that here again. He's going to run the point sometimes, but you know, a lot of that runs through Jalen Brown and, and Tatum, and then obviously Marcus Smart really. Believes he's a three-point shooter at this point in his career, so his looks will be limited. But I do think he's underrated in terms of what he can do defensively and running your offense, and especially for the Celtics because he's going to come off the bench for them.
2: You still now, on mute, brother? Was there
1: was there some breaking news that I missed on Brady?
2: I just read Brady was coming back. I know it's a basketball episode, but
0: whoa! Hold on, I was scrolling I get,
2: the timeline.
0: I didn't get chapter just
2: tweeted it. Tom Brady just tweeted it. That's crazy. He couldn't retire for two months. He got bored. He says,
1: Tom Brady said, these past, this is this is this is from the Tom Brady account. Verified. He says, these past two months I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates and I support and I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. Unfinished business. Let's fucking go. Well,
0: I mean, I don't even know what to think of that shit. Like, what, what, like I was past this. Like, we just, we just buried him like ten episodes ago. Like, we, we set our peace. We, <laughs> we got did the, now, the trauma bonding with Witty. Yeah, <laughs> Yo. Yeah. Oh not this back.
1: feels like this feels like he had like um. I don't know, man. He, he was probably around. The he probably was Giselle. home.
0: He probably married wife. Was like, married life was. He was not ready for that full time married life again. He's. I need to get back in the gym.
1: He probably, and, oh he saw he saw the the reports that the Bucks were interested in trading for Deshaun Watson. He was just like, all right, he's not about to steal another ring on my watch. Now, not with my championship ready to go team. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's that was an insane. That was a Jackson bomb. I did not. I didn't even have my, my phone in front of me on that. But that's that's pretty crazy, man. Raz, I feel like every time we record, some some wackiness happens while we're while we're on the pod. Uh, so I mean, this that makes for glorious content. Um, so yeah, I mean we're gonna need some more time to just uh, you know sit with that <laughs> and, and 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 just think about that. But I mean, yeah, the Bucks are gonna be really good. Um, hot take or not really that surprising. So I mean, um, for my next uh most underrated player in the league, um, I gotta go. I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with Dorian Finney Smith. Um, I think he is um, you know, super valuable for this team. And I think about Dallas. Having a a top five defense in the league right now, and it just leaves me, um, you know, kind of confused. I'm it, because just looking at the personnel that they have doesn't really add up to me to where it's just like this is a top five um, defense, and the, they're sixth right now. Um, but, but even considering personnel um, and the guys they play, um, you know, I think like I, like I said, I, I don't know if um like on, on a coach of the year ballot, I think Jason Kidd is kind of. You know, pull all the right strings for this team. Um, and I think he probably deserves some votes on on coach of the year somewhere on that ballot. Um, but yeah, as far as Donny and finney Smith, I think just in terms of um the three and the three and D. Um, he's, he's been catch and shoot stationary guy. Um, I think him playing with Luca, Luca has uh, or just the confidence that Luca has making those passes to to uh, to DFS. Um, in, on on the weak side, and he's always stepping into those jumpers. But I think just in terms of what they do defensively, I think super underrated point of a top. Um, point of attack defender for them, and I think what they do defensively and, and getting guys in in the proper situation, um, or or getting them in in situations to where, like I said, just talking about personnel and, and they don't have a bunch of plus defenders on that on that roster. Um, like I don't know how many other defenders on that team would you consider a plus defender? Um, from top of my head, um, there's not there's not many I would say on that on that Dallas roster right now. Um, yeah, and I think like, I think Dwight Powell is a really good defender, but I think a lot of what they do. Um, is centered around Dorian Finney-Smith. I think even uh, offensively, I think he's a, a really good offensive rebounder. Um, always flying around, creating second chance um, opportunities. I think he's able to really, you know, guard guard a wide wide array of of wings as well. Um, just in terms of like, I know guys that I've I've watched him. Um, he can, he can guard, he can do a really good job on the little, um, you know, the, the little water bug, shuttle bug type of guards. Um, he can, you could throw him on a DeMar DeRozan. You could throw him on Kawhi. You could throw him on Braun. Um, but, you know, I also, you can also throw him on, you know, like a smaller guard um, and he can also keep up with them. So um, I think Dorian Finney-Smith is a, is a super underrated part of of that Dallas defense and why they've been so good. Um, and if I also had to say just his contract, that extension that he also signed, um, I'm not sure. I forgot what the extension is off the top of my head. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Uh, but that's one of the best value contracts in the league. You're
0: always, and you're always, always happy to see some. Sorry, to cut you off. but You're always you happy to see a player like that um, get paid as well. You know, I never want to hate on anybody getting their money, of course, um, but especially, you know, players like that where sometimes their value gets overlooked um by front offices well by bad front offices of course and um uh, you know and the overall general consensus of the nba fan like you know some people aren't seeing the value in a player like him but he fits well into that dallas system and i'm happy they they locked him up and obviously they got good value on it but he also got a good payday so shout out to him yeah that's a that's a good one um brad did you have another underrated you want to go? Yeah, yeah, I'm still reeling off this Tom Brady news, but um <laughs> <laughs> but uh Brandon Clark is somebody that I, I love I love to watch play. Um he, he's gonna give you everything he has for the minutes that he's on on the floor. He's gonna defend, he's gonna rebound well. Um, you know, decent rim protection, and he's always a highlight waiting to happen. I think Brandon Clark, as you know, somebody who's stuck behind, you know, potentially the Defensive Player of the Year, so it's not really like you know he's on the bench for a bad reason. It's just like that team in Memphis is full of a lot of young talent. And he's just one of those pieces that gets that engine to go. So you know I'm happy he's healthy now, and he's somebody that provides them big minutes, um, especially if JJJ is on his bullshit and is in foul trouble. Um, Brandon Clark, they either turn to Brandon Clark or slow mo, but Brandon Clark is somebody that that can definitely provide you know energy and and just value on the floor for them.
2: One of the best floaters in the league. Like you (laughs) said, kind of a tough situation for him to where JJJ is one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, Down shooting year, but he's going to make all defense for sure, I think. I don't know how everyone will vote. And then Steven Adams is big for their offense with his screening and rebounding ability, but I like that a lot. Um, To hit on the DFS thing, I just wanted to like credit him for how much he's improved his shot uh, throughout his years in the league. He went from a guy who would shoot because he's open and now he's still open, but he's letting it fly. Um, I think that with Luca playing off Luca and Dallas, they're getting good threes. And this season has kind of been all the good shots they get coming to fruition. And then guys like Maxi, Josh green, DFS, their activity level on defense. And just like, like Sean said, they don't have a guy you would look at and say they're defensive player of the year. They have to be all defense, but just the way that they've all played together and, been a really surprising defensive team has impressed me
1: yeah i think even going back to what you said I, i'm like like you said one of the best floaters in the league is so it's so true i think even going back to when he was in college as aga um that floater was always you know automatic and i think that that was the kind of reason why i was always super high and i think and brendan clark was definitely a, um you know i, I would say a, a draft twitter boot um that people just loved and and i think he's i guess memphis has kind of tapped into that um you know, I think, Rez, you also mentioned Josh Hart. I think he would fall under this category. Um, but I think Memphis is kind of, you know, we talk about, I mean, this is a baseball term, but, you know, just the money ball and, and finding those market inefficiencies. And I think I think Memphis has kind of tapped into something here um, with these, like, older college guys that are just ready to come in and contribute early in their career um, to where it's just like you're getting a, a, you know, a ready-made product ready to go um, for four cheap years. Um, on a, on a, on a good rookie scale contract. And um, yeah, Brandon Clark, I think, you know, obviously it's not the highest offensive potential up there, um, but just everybody on that, that Memphis team fits so well together. So, um, and I think, yeah, what, um, and I think, well, I don't want to bury the lead, so I'm not going to go there yet, but uh, Jackson, who who's next on your, on your, um, your
2: most underrated list? I wasn't going to include them at first because, like I said earlier, I thought about having Andre Drummond, and then I don't really think this player is underrated, but I think that recently uh, with the trade, he's gotten lost in the shuffle. That's Rashawn Holmes. I imagine that he'll be dealt this offseason probably to a team who needs a starter. I think that he can start for a pretty decent amount of teams and kind of stabilize that position. Uh, Speaking of Brandon Clark, Rashawn Holmes – at least among big men, has the best floater in the league. Uh, he'll shoot that with insane distance and accuracy. Like he'll he'll catch it on like the short roll, 14, 12, 14 feet and let a floater fly. And then I think he's a he's a pretty solid athlete, decent activity level. I think that while he's not a great defender, he can kind of operate in a few schemes. So if you want to play at the level or drop or switch, I feel like that he could at least be serviceable. I don't think that he's gonna make or break you either way so yeah he's a guy basically by basically because he's not going to be playing much with Sabonis I don't imagine that's the long-term fit in Sacramento I think he'll be on a new team and I think that a lot of teams for example maybe a Charlotte should be interested in him you know we'll see what happens with other guys like Clint Capella who may or may not be moved it's just something I'm kind of watching out for
1: uh, um shout out to the homie paul pockets in the chat real quick um <laughs> yeah man Brennan uh Jalen green did have him skating like on ice like christy and maguchi twice twice actually if i remember on that, we're here, that a,
0: we're here to praise we're here to praise these guys man we're not we're talking we don't have but to i mean i no, friends. i don't
1: not to shout out to job to Brandon clark we did just wax poetically <laughs> about Brandon clark but i did just want to say shout out to Jalen green because the light is starting to go off for him um
0: but, I just mean a bunch a, of those rookies, those that Cade and Jalen. Yeah. Like, oh, Cade's you know, just been like,
1: phenomenal for like that last like Caden was only bad for like I would say like two weeks. And I think efficiency wise, I think the efficiency will come long term for him. But yeah, yeah, I think just in terms of how the Rockets are playing, Stephen Silas has done a really good job with them. Um and 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 yeah, so I think um <laughs> yeah, I think just in terms of just just shout out to, to Jalen Green. Um that's a that's a pretty good one. Um my next most underrated player this year um and i think you know i think this is another one of these guys to where i think he fits right into that thing i just mentioned about these you know upperclassmen and guys who i think even when, when we get a little deeper into um talking about the 2022 nba upcoming crop of prospects you know i think there's a lot of kids that came back to school for that sophomore year and really ended up benefiting from that a lot and I think we all talk about you know always go grab that bag always go to the league um if you got to go overseas whatever you got to do you know what I'm saying we always we want we want these kids to get paid um and we're always going to be pro these kids getting paid um but I think just you know when kids stay in when these guys stay in school and you should have development from year to year to year um, I gotta say, man, shout out to Cameron Johnson, man. I think he—I almost put Mikael Bridges on this list, but I think you know, just—he's uh, outgrown that he, label. He just
0: caught a mask, He just caught a max, man. It's just—it's like one of those things where it's like Mikael. I love him, and he was—he was there but for for a long for it. a long time for a long time.
1: And even I think as CP3 has been out for this recent stretch, um, you've seen him, you know, do a lot more with the ball and and you know raise that usage rate up a lot. Um, another one of those Villanova guys. So um I didn't I didn't want to um put uh Mikhail Bridge on the list, but dude, Cam Johnson's been incredible. He's shooting like 44% from three this year, with a 64 uh percent true shooting percentage. Um I think for for has for as much of that pick was killed um originally, and I think Raz, another one of these guys, Desmond Bain, we talk about just because these guys are older, it doesn't mean that they're not gonna continue to get better at their craft and, and get better at the skills that they're going to need that they're already good at in the league, um, particularly, you know, if you're going to a situation to where you're not going to be. And, and it's kind of, it's kind of, it's when you think about it, particularly with like, you know, the high end lottery guys, those guys are really going to, you know, the work in progress is the teams that are really far away from, from being competitive and, and years away from being years away to quote the great Fran for um, one of the greatest quotes ever, but you know, it, so it's, so it's tough for those, like, it's unfair for a lot of you guys when they go to those places that um, are incomplete. Um, but yeah, Cam Johnson, I just think like even even like as watching what he did at, at UNC, the kid could always shoot the leather off the ball. Um, and that has definitely translated. And I think even, um, like I said, going back to this recent stretch with CP3s out, um, you've also seen him do more of the ball, you know, flashing a lot more pull-up jump shots. Um, I think just in terms of, I think if we're talking just shooting versatility and what he can do, he can shoot off the screens. You can, you can run them. You can have Him do dribble handoffs um stationary um i don't even have the number in front of me but i know his his spot up numbers are just insane and probably one of the best in the league um you know the form is beautiful um quick release there's so many great things to where and the more like that i'm just like walking through this and talking through this these you know it's real easy to fall in love with the, with the blue chip, one and gun, one and done guys who, you know, come in with the prestige, you know, the hoops, mixtapes have been on the, you know, the AAU circuit for a minute that, um you know, these guys are already, you know, c- celebrities by the time they even, you know, step on campus and in, in college. But when it really comes down to these guys and, and fitting them into it, you know, you, that's when you really got to get to the tape and, and and watch these guys about how they really, how they play how how they development how they develop, I should say, from year to year. Um and I think Cam Johnson has just been a great pick. And I think um he's a part of that, you know, well oiled machine. Um and I think just the trust that Monty Williams has had in him um you know is super you, you see the trust that he has in him and just playing between guys like CB3 and Devin Booker who have the ball in their hands a lot and even a, a campaign who who is their third ball handler to be honest. Um so you don't really need him to do things that he's not comfortable with. So um I think Cam Johnson is, is taking another step. Um I think the shooting is going to continue to get better. And you know I don't want to put a ceiling on him. Um because I think even defensively um I think People expect him to be a a below average defender at at um UNC because he's not the most fluid athlete when it comes to, you know, just moving his hips. But I think Cam Johnson has also improved and, and done really well um schematically in in, in that system uh that Monty Williams plays. Um, especially um cause, the, you know, they play heavy drop a lot with with um with Aiden um for the most part. But um, so that asks a lot for those wings. And um, on those minutes, him playing, you know, on, on the flank with with guys like Jay Crowder and McCull Bridges, they've given, you know, teams a lot of hell. And um, Phoenix has just been one of the best defenses um, in the league all year. So um, second right now in defensive rating. Um, but yeah, man, shout out to shout out to Cam Johnson. Um, definitely deserves some love on, on this list.
0: So I, I will say just not even to talk on like underrated players, just like to, to touch on the suns one, one time, um, this Chris Paul injury, um, might be, you know, obviously getting the Chris Paul injury out the way first is probably one of the best things to, to happen to them. You know, just, give uh, no, I'm just saying, but getting it out the way is fine. Um, I'm okay with that, but I'm talking about in terms of the team's growth, right? Like obviously they'll need Chris Paul. If they're going to win a the championship, they'll need Chris Paul. Let's not, let's not, get ridiculous and let's not, you know, you know start talking crazy, but I think the maturing of this team, obviously they had a run last year to the finals, but this stretch run um 6 weeks or whatever is going to be without Chris Paul where we're getting to see some point booker um campaigns playing a little bit more of the the impactful minutes and then you like you said, you got people like Mikel and Cam Johnson flashing other sides of their game. I think Just the growth that they have now with some of these young players, you know, maybe we'd like to see Aiton become a little bit more dominant, Um, you know, while Chris Paul is out, just exert himself into some of these game plans. But I think some of these kids getting a chance to grow up without CB3 holding their hand um, during these six weeks is going to be big for them in the playoffs
1: pretty good um so i think rad you could go next if you had another underrated bro yeah my
0: i think I where we're on
1: this is. i think we're on like four or five but it's four I yeah
0: think. close close to it yeah i think probably i like to put up there um and i don't know if he's underrated but to me he is i, I feel like we don't talk about him enough um you know time lord
2: shout out to, to the I, had, time I had him lord, on my list i
0: had him on my <laughs> yeah, list yeah like really like time on my list yeah did you jackson as well or no
2: no, I mean I considered him, but I didn't know whether he would be considered uh, underrated anymore. Just this recent stretch of play, uh, I tweeted the other day how Boston has four or five guys that are in all D consideration, and he has to be towards the top of that. Yeah,
0: I mean when he's right, you know when he's he's on the court and he, he's playing and he's and he's engaged and focused, like he's blocking shots and he's rebounding at a ridiculous rate. Like he put everything that we've always said, like, yo, these, these Celtics teams, they need a big man. They need a paint presence. It was on their team the whole time. He just needed to get on the court. And I know we wanted them to trade 35 of them draft picks to get a center or something like that. But time Lord has, has kind of been plug and play for them. And he protects the rim and he rebounds for that team like no other. So I think what he brings to the Celtics Increases his underratedness to me just because he's kind of that piece that they've been kind of searching for for a bit. Obviously, they can still improve the roster, but Tom Lord, Tom Lord is irreplaceable for them right now.
1: So yeah, man, I think like like I said, as you you stole um um uh, Tom Lord was definitely on, on my list. Um, he he's really been incredible, and I think just in terms of like I said, I tried to I tried to pick from the group of like sub all star guys, which you know I think I think he definitely has a cult following. I was I would say Jackson. But I still don't think, you know, I think the casuals might not understand. Like this recent stretch, I think, I think people are starting, finally, starting to realize how good Boston has been. And I think, mm-hmm. Brad, I think I, I, think I wrote them off like earlier on a, on an episode we did, where I, was just, where I just completely dismissed them. The vibes were bad early in the season, especially before New Year's, um, on that team. But so they were much- getting
2: called out every day by the coaching staff. It felt like, or losing a clutch lead, a crunch time game, like they drop it, and it was crazy.
1: Yeah, I think like I said, he's um, but I think shout out to Eme U- Udoka, man. I think he's he's done an incredible job with that team. Um, and I think he's pushed. I think you know, for a coach, it's important to push the right buttons with your players. Um, and know how to really get them to respond. And it doesn't like when you, especially when you're doing that. Um, as a as an unapolog- unapologetic coach in in the media, um, you got to have a good you know type of. You know, hold on your locker room, because if if the locker room doesn't bang with you and they don't mess with you and you're going out there calling out the teams and, and calling out dudes' manhoods and and how competitive they are in the media in front of everybody and and the teams not behind you, that could turn into a mess extremely quick. So, um, he was playing with fire, but ever since those comments, they've been Tatum's going to another level. Um, but yeah, he talking about time law for a second, like one Raz, I think. Um, even I think defensively we talk about him a lot. I think he leads the league And last time I saw this stat. I think he was like number one um, in alley oops. I think, and and that's even with you know with Boston not necessarily having like a true point guard that they that they play with. Um, I, like I said, I think Derek White they got who's done a great job for them. He's probably more of a combo. Um, he's more of like an off ball guard. Um, even Marcus Smart as well.
2: I'd say it's kind of a split between Smart and Tatum. I feel like Derek White's more secondary off the, yeah, yeah. Counter. I would
1: definitely agree with that. I think even like Tatum's, Tatum's, um, just his, his reads and his, his, uh, uh, his, his floor game has, has definitely improved during this recent stretch. Um, I think even, um, uh, one thing I would say, even watching, um, the game this Sunday evening recording this on yeah Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening um, Mavs versus Celtics game. And I think one of the more interesting, interesting things about how he's been deployed during this recent stretch um, that Boston's had and how good that defense has been. Um, he, they haven't really been having him guard centers. They've been using him. Um, they've basically been putting him on like wings. And if you watch the game for a lot of times, um, he was on Luca, um, and they would use him especially because he's a switchable guard i mean he's a switchable center and he could really he can switch with the best of them in um, in terms of centers so um they've been you know using him on those you know primary guys and he's been making their lives hell and i think just in terms of how well he moves his feet and i think that's a special attribute for a center um even i think there's something that uh miami does it with bam at times they don't do it all the time because they have somebody like a uh, they have pj tucker and they have um jimmy butler so they don't need to do that all the time but it's the capability that spolster has pulled out um particularly in the uh um, they did that in the i know they've done that in the, they did it in the bubble actually against um uh, Giannis. um which is just i think that's just an extremely valuable um uh, actual attribute for a center to have being able to really you know make life life hell for anybody that he's defending um so yeah man shout out to shout out to timo like you said jackson he definitely does have a cult that's been growing um but i think even i think just his impact he's probably he's definitely been defending at a at an all defensive level this year i'm um, not sure if he will make all defense this year it'll, it'll be interesting to see just in terms of like um gobert is probably going to have um you know one of those spots locked up dre's probably going to get a spot off of off of general principle um I so know. i think and and bam and all these guys so i think he has a legitimate case there's a bunch of guys oh i, I like i'm really,
0: i am do not know who's gonna who's gonna get left off like there's gonna be, gonna be all, having these conversations all, where
1: all, like, all ah. defense is probably gonna need its own i feel episode. like
2: i feel like for bam and robert williams you could kind of justify putting them in one of the forward spots just because they don't always guard so i agree with that for sure i think oh, you man. could kind of finagle it to squeeze them in like that and i don't have a problem with doing that like I think that the best defenders should get credit for being the best defenders. So whatever way you can kind of morph your uh, quote unquote team to fit that works. But I also think there should be a third all defensive team like there is all NBA. For sure.
1: The, that, that's not right for the defenders. because There's a lot of defenders and unheralded guys and, and defenses. You know, it's, it's those guys don't get that. They don't make the headlines and they don't get the police report tweets Um, when you make a you know, when you like you know cut off some penetration or you make an incredible defensive play like you know the, they say i don't know what the the basketball equivalent for you know chicks dig the long ball but you know like yeah chicks don't really dig the you know the great defenders for the most part so um that's definitely like they definitely we, we do need a we might have to do a third all defense third team all like ballot on here um because this is a great idea jackson but um switch switching back to you i think we're towards the um the end of of our five most underrated on our list. Um, Who else did you have that we haven't gone to yet?
2: You can kind of pair these guys together. I don't think they're similar as players, but I kind of view them in the same light, same standing in the league. And for Malcolm Brogdon, it's tough because he's on a team that's semi tanking kind of in the transitional year. Plus he's always dealing with the injury going back to Milwaukee. If you go through his, game log year by year he always misses 20 30 games or whatever it ends up being and then the other guy uh sean i know we talked about this about a week ago delo had to put him on my list i know that he's had a couple rough shooting nights lately but i think that game in and game out just the not only the presence he has on the team but he's the best pick and roll ball handler on a playoff team so that alone i think that that gives you some kind of cachet in the league um defensively, I'm never going to pretend that he's some stud on that end, but I think he fits in well. He can kind of he has the size to mix it up on a stationary shooter type. And he always is this season, especially, I should say he's getting a lot of credit for kind of talking and barking out stuff defensively, communicating with the guys and just kind of being a um, this kind of cliche, but a linchpin for them on that end. So those are two guys that I definitely had to include. And I definitely agree with that comment in the chat. People um really like to bring down D I don't know if it's the Nick Young thing or the fact because he's that- a
0: snitch. Let's get it out of the way. Let's <laughs> that,
1: that got nothing to do with it on the court, Raz. You you don't have to like him. <laughs> you don't gotta like him. nobody's saying to buy a poster or buy a jersey or be a fan. Like like I said, yeah, but that's a part of like when and that's why I said I think even like I said, I tried to he was on my list as well. I was I was gonna we were gonna get to this. Um, I didn't even get to, I didn't even have to say it, um, but, but yeah, so like I said, shout out to the homie Jalal on the chat one, but, um, but yeah, like when we talk about just like perception being in the gutter and, you know, this is, this is a big one. Jackson, you mentioned like uh, pulling up his synergy stats. Synergy is graded him out defensively as a very good defender. He's in the 80th percentile on points per um, shot attempt or points per possession as a defender um, as the closest defender. Um, You know, when he's guarding, you know, off ball shooters, he's been excellent. Um, Like, so his defensive numbers and I think even people might not agree or, or, and I think with him particularly, you know, I think there's a part of it to where he came into the league as an extremely young guy and some of the habits that he had, he was on some really horrible teams. There were some bad habits that really showed themselves some warts in his game and obviously just lateral mobility as a defender he's probably never going to be like a, a plus defender but he's been a really damn good defender this year and when you add that to what he's done offensively um we're talking about a really i think i think he's probably been in like a top 10 to 12 um probably point guard in the league this year and i think point guard is probably the deepest position in the league um uh, as starters um so if you if you have a, a group of those guys that you w- don't want to put them against like it's not really the big you know what i'm saying uh it's not as much of a you know negative thing that people try and make it about him that like, oh, he's not one of these elite guys. Um, even we talk about his comps coming into the draft. Um, people said Steph Curry, people said James Harden, he's neither of those guys. But even when we talk about just lead ball handlers, there's not there's not dirty James Harden's, there's not dirty James, I'm um, Steph Curry's in the league. Um, and when he's you know clicking at his best and he's playing his best, he can, he's one of the he can give you those those nights of being one of the best. He can, and I think especially, particularly when we talk about him as a player, I've watched him go up against the best guards in the league. And he can go when he's on his game. Raz, we talk. Um, I think Jackson. We, talk, we spoke about the the Memphis games, um, the Memphis Wolves games this year. Raz, he's out. Like like, I'm not saying D'Lo's better than. Than Ja, or you want to build a team against Ja, or build a team around him other than Ja. He's outplayed Ja in all those games. Like, kind of, he like, was
2: incredible that last fourth quarter about two weeks ago, right after the All Star break against the Grizzlies.
1: That's what I'm saying. He has the he has these moments when he, when it's all clicking, um, that he can like for a team like Minnesota. And I think even to talk about, I want to talk about. <laughs> Raz I mean we did the most we did the most underrated players in the league so I mean the flip side is we might have to do the most overrated players in the league um just to give people some content but you know I just hate the way that that the trade the the obviously the Wiggins and you know K- Wiggins coming for d obviously but if I'm being realistic about that trade and we could we could dive into it but honestly I think what d done in minnesota is more impressive than anything andrew wiggins has done in in golden state to be honest and this is not to take away from andrew wiggins because obviously he went to a not only did he went go to a winning core he went to the the core of a dynasty perhaps the best modern dynasty that we've seen if we're talking about just plug and play his life is real easy um, I'm not even going to, we're not even going to talk about how horrendous Wiggins has been, um, since the all-star break. Um, we didn't even get to, um, we didn't get to the all-star ballot, but the fact that Wiggins made an all-star team was was always laughable. Um, in, I thought in my, Ingram
2: should have made it to be honest. I, I, was,
1: I could, there was probably yeah, three or four other probably. guys that had a better case than, than Wiggins. and I, I would
2: have put Ingram over uh, DeJounte too, to be fair. Agree,
1: pro- probably here as well. But I think even you know, just just talking about Wiggins, I think, like I said, the perception is a, perception is a bitch. And Wiggins, um, just just the ap- apathetic nature that he has on the court. Sometimes he didn't he he did himself no favor. Um, and I think just just talking about how much better this team has been switching out Wiggins for D'Lo and Jackson. I don't know what the updated stat is, is, um, but they have basically been like a, they've won sixty percent of their games with Cat and D'Lo on the court. So the transformation from a team that's made the postseason what was it twice in, in 18 years once. since 2004 once once yeah once, yeah, in, once in, in once in 18 years and you talk about what he's accomplished and you know even even going about just just like being one of the best passers in the league straight up um like even some of the passes that he makes are ridiculous and um versus passing versatility some of the passes um, timing, touch, like everything. Like, he has the gifted passing tool that, you know, only a few players in the league have. So, um, and yeah, my last day. thing, so I'll end I, I, my I soliloquy on this. And I think, you know, on on that, when we talk about this, he's... And, and this has been the... This is why, like, I just kind of, you know, stopped listening to the noise about him as a player because he has improved his game every year he's been an NBA player. One part of his game to where this season he's legitimately been a good defender and people would have said he was one of the worst defenders in the league. So I just think when we talk about that and um, is he, is he like, you can, you you know, he might not be your cup of tea, but um, his impact on that team, I think, you know, it's, it's definitely, there's a lot of people who just don't want to admit that they were wrong. And like, like you said, Raz, some people just not taking it serious. Um, some people didn't like him because he was a Laker. Some people didn't like him especially after the Nick Young thing. Nick Young is a bozo. I don't really think he deserved um, that that type of clout that he got on that. Um, but yeah, man, he definitely deserved uh for being just the just the you know the the the, the spoon the the whatever the 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 straw that stirs the drink in Minnesota. And he's played he's played a, he's been a he's been a great he's been a great addition for them. So um that's it. I don't know if you have anything to add to that Raz or you or but you could get to your your um your last underrated next bro.
0: I would say D Lo um all right, so I'm just always down on the T-Wolves in general. That's just my general sentiment for them, and it's it's been right for the last two decades. So I think, um, you know, that <laughs> it's not really very, one very of those. Enough, it, it's been good all this time, too. Yeah, so it's just like one of those things where it's like, all right, cool. Like, d I won't, you know, there's been some people that I've had to apologize for on the last couple episodes. Um, you know, R.J. Barrett was one of them in terms of being out on him very early, um, all he's done is improve. I'll say D since being, you know, traded from the nets has continued to improve, um, as a player. Um, I do think I will, I don't know if he's in my top 10 of point guards yet. I would have to sit there and really think about it in terms RPM, of
1: RPM had him as like the 13th most. And RP, obviously nobody even knows what goes into the RPM formula, Yeah, but he was like 13th in the league and that's just the, the, that goes into the impact that he's had so he's um, getting
0: it he's kind of he's kind of getting there as as a, like you know to a point where i have to decide you know is he in that top 10 point guard discussion because there's a bunch of point guards in this league and obviously some will retire and, and some are declining so it's just to the point where where is he because he's still a young guy and i think we forget about that right d is d not old at all like how how old is d is he even 27 yet yeah 26 let's say 26 like he still has his athletic prime ahead of him and he's not the most athletic person out there but he's smart and he he knows angles you know like you guys said pick and roll he finds the pocket every time for that pass he's he's very savvy he can pass with both hands um scoring's never really been an issue for him and like you guys have said defensively he's gotten better so i would be willing to to eat crow on all my DLo slander and buy some stock on him in the next couple of years um and i wouldn't i wouldn't feel bad about that i, I do think he has the ability to be a top 10 point guard in the next couple seasons like i said even i think that's sub all-star level like it's tough bro
2: we talk about it i think we about this on we can't hear you that well yeah
0: yeah yeah you talking to the mic brother
1: my bad i think we spoke about this last time um just in terms of when we when we were recording jackson it's there's more than 24 all-star level players in the league. So there's going to be some guys that just don't make it. And sure. even being a, even being a sub all-star is extremely valuable um, to, to winning. And you don't have to be the hugest fan. I just think he got labeled as a losing player. Somebody you couldn't win, win against. And now he's about to go on his, um, his, he's about to be a major cog of his second playoff team. Um, and like I said, he has an old man game. So his, his game is going to age pretty well. Um, so I think we could we could get to wrapping up. Um, Rad, I don't know if you had, Um, anyone else you wanted to hit on? Um, and Jackson, you as well.
0: Um, no, not really. I mean, there's some people on my list that I I've been looking at after as we've been having this conversation, and I'm in my mind, I'm like, are they actually, you know, underrated? Like Brogdon was on there. Um, I I don't think John Collins gets enough love that he should. Um, I do think he's. I think he's he's a phenomenal player and. He obviously plays in that trade-heavy system, but John Collins in his own right is a hell of a player. So I, I will have him, if not on the list, like honorable mention. Yeah, so like John, I feel like he can do a bit of a bit of everything at that position. And then I get to the point where, you know, you start looking at like Jalen Brunson, players like that. Um, Jalen Brunson is having a bit of that Cinderella season where everybody's starting to get hip to – um, who he is, but he's another one of those steady work point guards that we talk about. Nova. Over Nova. Yeah, yep. yeah, like he's, you're not, you're never going to be at a, a detriment if he's on the floor. I think that's what it comes down to. Like your offense and like that lead ball handler, like you're always going to have a solid footing if he's playing year one position. Um, so I think he's on that list as well, but you know, he's been getting a lot of of praise on, on, on draft, oh, not draft Twitter, but NBA Twitter right now and Obviously, even in the New York section of Twitter, where, where obviously the Knicks are starving for a point guard. So um, people don't think he's the star that the Knicks need, but he would be a steady presence in terms of just a point guard. So I think, you know, that addition of Spencer Dinwiddie kind of muddies muddies his future for me in, De- in um, not Denver, um, Dallas. Do they resign him and, and run that all the way back with all three of those guys? Or does that make, you know, Jalen Bruston expendable at the price that he's going to be asking for in free agency?
1: I don't think they'll be able to replace
2: him, so they better give him that money.
0: I don't know. I think they're Go I think ahead, they're check.
2: bracing themselves to lose Brunson because <laughs> it seems like uh Detroit's eyeing him. There's probably a couple other teams that have his name circled. They're just waiting in restricted free agency. It gets crazy sometimes with the offer sheets.
1: Even even with Dallas and their path towards like true contention as they have Luca. Yeah, man, I think if if Mark Cuban's going to play the tax game, like I said, I, I think it's going to be very hard for them to replace um, Jalen Brunson. To where it's just like, even if you have to trade Jalen Brunson down the line um, and get off some of the money in like a year or two, I'd probably just swallow the swallow the pill and, and figure that out later. Because, um, yeah, I think some of the warts in Spencer's games, the Whitney's game uh, might be a little more apparent if you're depending on him a little more than they are right now. He's kind of he kind of just fits into their system well. Um, But, yeah, Jackson, did you have anybody else you wanted to get to?
2: I didn't even know if I was going to say this player. I don't actually think they're underrated in the general sense, but I just wanted to say Kevin Durant because I think that he's kind of become the standard of player to where he's going to get compared to Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, and I don't know. People go back and forth on this. They flip-flop on it. There's a lot of great candidates, but game seven, if you had to win or take all game, He's probably the guy you would choose. I think it's between him and, you know, obviously a few other players. I don't want to discredit the season anyone's having or how well player X or player Y is playing. I do think that if he didn't get hurt, I think that the Nets would be the one seed. I think that Durant would probably have MVP close to locked up. And I think that James Harden would still be on the Nets. So that just goes to the overarching kind of impact and imprint effect that he has on. Not only the Nets, but all of basketball. And if something happens to one of these premier players, like a Kevin Durant, it just alters the entire league. For example, he tears his Achilles. He's down for the next season. That changes everything about the league. And I think that kind of his injury, uh, not only how he comes off and how he plays off injury, how he just doesn't even miss a beat, but just a a one-month kind of injury, six weeks, whatever it was, just completely just dismantled kind of the the start that Brooklyn had. They went from the first seed to they fell the eighth. I don't know if they ever fell the ninth. Anyways, that's kind of my take on Kevin Durant that I don't know if he's the best player in the league anymore, but you don't want to face him in the playoffs, even if they're the eighth seed. You don't want to face him in a game seven. And he's kind of become one of those players that like a LeBron, like a Steph, that everyone's going to compare the next upcoming star to.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think it's a disservice to a lot of these kids that are that are coming out with that. You know, we we say it all the time on the show. We don't like doing player comps because they put a, that unnecessary pressure on on young players. And then when they don't live up to what we've decided that they should be, we look at them as busts, even though they could still be, you know, very very good NBA players. But they're not fucking Kevin Durant. And I think putting anybody and comparing anybody to somebody to Kevin Durant is a disservice because we're not going to see anything like that again. And to your point where I don't think, I think now on the nets, we're able to kind of appreciate what we're seeing because he was, he's been like this his whole career. Right. But it, it feels, it feels different now watching it in Brooklyn. Like that killer mentality that Kevin Durant has is on full display and he's talking shit and he's, he's, he's being bashful about it right now. And I think it's in our face and, I don't know. I don't know if we can call him underrated because he, to me, he's the, probably the best player in the world. No, I know I, that
2: was a bit over the top, but I just think that a lot of people are quick to kind of crown someone else or discredit what yeah. he's done or doing.
0: As long as he's right, as long as he's healthy, like he's the best player in the world right now. And we can't re- I don't think we can argue. You know, I can I want to argue for Jokic as much as I as I can, right? Like, I think Jokic is playing a different basketball game out there. Like when yeah, I watch he's play- MVP
2: to Jokic's credit, he's having a <laughs> like, tremendous season. I think that he's probably gonna go back to back if they get healthy. You don't want to yeah. face him in the playoffs, but
0: because he finds a way to get it done too. It's like you look at Jokic and you're like, huh, who's he playing with? And you look up, he's in the second round of the playoffs. So it's like if you if you, you know, he's the six seed. If you're the three seed, you don't want to run again and run into the Nuggets, with potentially getting some of those boys back as well. Like you, that's not a good matchup, regardless of what team you are in in, in the West.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, all all great points. Um, and yeah, like I said, KD like scored like he he's just like one of the greatest scorers ever. So yeah, it, it sounds crazy, but what you're saying, I, I see the point where you're coming from, Jackson. Because yeah, it's real easy. Um, to see these other guys and the nets are like scary, like even without, even without Kyrie, when they're like, when they're rolling, um, they are, they are a scary team to watch. The only other dude I wanted to hit on, um, that I've been watching a little bit with a closer eye and, um, he is a free free agent, uh, restricted, I believe this summer. Um, and I think, um, this we're talking about somebody who, um, a lot of hype coming out, um, coming out of college for him. Um, even I know, um, Jackson, you can plug the Wiseman piece at, on the way out afterwards um, that you have coming out. Um, but yeah, big man, big man can take time to develop. And um, for me, I think I've, I've been really impressed with the, the, the recent stretch and the recent flashes that I've seen from Mo Bamba um, coming down the stretch. Um, I think um, obviously we know he has the just the propensity and the ability to be one of the best rim protectors in the league. Um, like straight up, obviously his um, it, just his ability to do that. He's shooting 35% um, from from three this year, which will get the job done. He doesn't need to shoot any uh, any much more than that. I think even um, this is really one of the first times that he's like stayed healthy for. Rather, even I know we've talked about this on the pod before, just about him needing to stay healthy and stay on the court so he can um, progress and, and grow his actual game. Um, I think. He's actually done that this year. Um, the combination with him and Wendell Carter have actually been um, sneakily good this year. The Magic aren't a good team, but they they play tougher than you think they do on a night-to-night basis. They don't just go belly up um, against teams um, nightly. Um, but, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know what Mobama's Mo next contract looks at. Um, but if, you know, I think if execs are sleeping or um, I think whatever the public, you know, I mean, or whatever agent or, you know, whatever his next contract is going to be there's some sneaky good value um for him if somebody steals him um and we're not particularly sure where what the magic would pay him so Mo Bamba is my last guy um and definitely somebody to keep an eye out on going forward um yeah man Jackson um appreciate you for hopping on the show once again always a pleasure talking ball like I said plug the pod plug the Wiseman piece you got coming up anything you want to leave the people with last thoughts um let us know all that's good stuff bro
2: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It's always really fun. Literally makes my day when Sean messaged me on Twitter, asked me to come (laughs) on. I was so excited. But um, you can find me at the display ad I have right there. I'm also doing the NBA Action with Jackson podcast. And Sean alluded to this a few minutes ago, but I'm working on a James Wiseman piece on his (laughs) G League return. Also probably going to hit on the second game that's going on right now. So be on the lookout for that sure
1: raz i mean final final takes um we got a lot of stuff coming up um soon busy busy weeks um nfl yeah. draft content coming soon
0: nfl free agency starts tomorrow too NFL free agency. We, got, yeah.
1: we got to get back into the football bag um but yeah man what you want to leave the people with before we get out of
0: here? um you know i've been i've been thinking you know we we are blessed as, as, as people that we get to sit here and watch these sports and, and talk shit about it, you know, on this mic. So I, I never take that for granted that people actually tune in and listen to all of us speak. So, Jackson, appreciate you hopping on with us, man. You always provide that that good insight and you're doing great work. Man, you're one of my favorite followers on Twitter. Um, you know, we do need to set up that. That kind of we can do to what Jamal Crawford and them is doing. You know, we can we can live stream and watch some of those games and, and that would be awesome. Day. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would be definitely down to do that with you because, you know, I lo- I love to hear you talk basketball. Yeah, um, feeling you know, is
2: mutual, guys.
0: Yeah. So, you know, appreciate you hopping on and and you know, we gotta I know we like to slander some people sometimes too. May not you, maybe just me. Um, but I think we gotta start taking um stop taking some of these players for granted because we're watching, you know, some of the most talented basketball players to ever do it right now. Um, Just collectively, a lot of young guys, the leagues in great hands, you know, as we like, you know, people like LeBron are getting older and LeBron's been a mainstay my whole life. You know, he's been in the league 20 fucking years. So um, it's hard to remember basketball without LeBron. But as I look, at some of these young guys that's popping up, you know, we we got a lot of good young talent coming up. So we're, we're going to be watching some good basketball for some for some long time. So again, I thank everybody for rocking with us, and we'll be back soon with some new content for you